Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, this is going to be a Liverpool update. To join us on this uh, show, we have Dave Hendrick, uh, who you can find over at Anfield Index, and they have even better content uh, behind Anfield Index Pro. Um, So be sure to go check those out if that tickles your fancy. And even if it doesn't, it's that good. Um, Dave, great having you on. Um, The topic of yesterday's show, well, one of them, was about uh, Liverpool since the departure of Philippe Coutinho. It's only a seven-game sample size, but you're scoring more goals and conceding less goals. Your winning percentage is higher. You're in second now. You were fourth when he was there. Um, we kind of came to the consensus that while Liverpool are not a better quote-unquote team without Philippe Coutinho, that you are playing better without him. Uh, curious just to start off if you agree with that. Uh, yeah, to be honest, we might we might actually be a better team without him um, because I think we're more effective. I think we, we're now finding more ways to win games, whereas before... It was always sort of like we almost expected Coutinho to pull something out of the bag and almost as if we were waiting on him to create chances and things like that. Whereas now others are taking the mantle like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, like Emre Chan, uh, like Roberto Firmino has stepped up in that regard as well. So we might actually be a better team. Um, we certainly, our results without him are better across this season uh, noticeably better we've actually played one more game without him this season than we did with him and the the difference is quite staggering like we're earning I think 0.5 points a game more without Coutinho we're scoring more goals we're conceding less goals and I think as well it's, it's opening up a lot more space for the front three because our midfield is playing more as a midfield three as opposed to with a two and a one with Coutinho ahead of two others. Mm. And it's just creating bigger pockets of space for the likes of Mane and Firmino to drop into. And by them being free to drop into those big pockets of space, it opens space for, for the likes of Mo Salah and again Sadio Mane to, to run into and, and find themselves with, with you know easier chances. Yeah, we did talk about that a little bit yesterday as well, that now the midfield three is a true midfield three and that basically, bar Lalana, all the other central midfielders you have are more willing to track back than Coutinho was in his time there. Um, and that it is now, the midfield is just a platform for your front three rather than kind of blending. Uh, do you think that that's an accurate assessment? And if not, how has the play style changed? Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing now, though, is, is a lot more... Uh, sort of powerful running from midfield with, with Emery and Ox especially 
uh, carrying the ball at greater speed. I mean, F- Philippe Coutinho is a better dribbler, obviously, than either of those. However, what I will say is that those two carry the ball much quicker. They cover ground a lot better. And they're also more willing to you know, play a simple pass and continue the run, whereas Coutinho would try and play the killer pass. Now, actually, here's the numbers for Liverpool with and without Coutinho this year. So with him, we played 20 games. We won, ten, we won eight, drew 10, uh, lost two, and we had 1.7 points per game. Without him, uh, 21 games, won 16, drawn two, lost three, but 2.35 points per game. So actually 0.65 points per game. So without him, we're fairly close to keeping pace at Man City. You know, and that's given what they're doing this year. Without him. And and we beat them without him. And we would have beat them comfortably. We we didn't just beat them. We wiped them off that pitch. And 4-3 flattered them hugely. That 4-1 would have been a fair reflection on that game. If Dejan Lovren doesn't have a Dejan Lovren meltdown in the last five minutes and gift them two goals through dreadful positioning, we win that game 4-1 and everybody walks away going, wow. Instead, it almost looked like we got lucky to beat them. And in a way we did because they had a great chance in the last minute with an Aguero header that could have made it 4-0. But we absolutely ran all over them on the day. And we're Mm. capable of doing that to pretty much anybody. And we're finding new ways to win. I mean, you see there with Coutinho, 10 draws. We were struggling to break teams down because he was slowing the play by trying to open the gaps himself. Whereas now there's a lot more interplay. And you look at our second goal against Newcastle and it's Mm. one and two touch football in the middle of the field. And then it springs Firmino into space. And then Mane runs into a gap because Firmino's running from deep. The centre-backs who are meant to be marking him have to step out to to take care of him because there's nobody else to do it. And then he's just able to feed a ball into into Mane running in behind. So, you know, whereas three months ago, Newcastle are the type of team that would have gotten a draw against us. We beat them 2-0 with no fuss. Last week, we beat uh, West Ham 4-1 with no fuss. And again... They're the type of team that has caused us problems. Yeah, so if this play style shift, um, well, I I don't think we have to say if anymore, with this play style shift and the way that you've kind of improved since Coutinho's departure, are are you still thinking that you might be after that kind of player profile um, in the summer? Because it kind of seems like you don't really have a natural 10 unless you consider Firmino to still kind of play that role somewhat. So would you be pursuing somebody to play that attacking midfield role or would you just kind of strengthen this current setup you have, maybe bringing in another winger and another forward? Um, I think we need to bring in a winger and a forward regardless in terms of depth because we have no depth behind our front three. I would be looking to bring in a 10, but a different type of number 10. Um, One more similar to Oxlade-Chamberlain, one who plays at a very high tempo um, one who's you know quicker to release the ball, more willing to run beyond and you know open space for himself and others just off the, with off the ball movement. Coutinho was never that player. I've I've never I think I've said this to you before. I've never felt Coutinho was a particularly good fit in the Klopp system. I always felt like we were shoehorning him into the team, 
um, first on the left wing last season, this season uh, in, in midfield. And while that midfield role is what I believe to be his natural role, I think he's more suited to that in a team that play more of a patient build-up style. Um, I think we'll see him do wondrous things at Barcelona because they play with more patience. They're more of a team that will open you up by moving the ball, whereas I think we're the type of team, especially under Klopp, that's going to open you up by just running over you. Um, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain is, while nowhere near as good a player, he's, he's still a very good player. I think he's a better fit stylistically. And when he's on his game, as he has been the last two weeks, he, he is a difference maker for us. Um, obviously, uh, you have been just playing incredible football, but also Mohamed Salah has been having a historic and ridiculous season. Did I, did I see that he is now past Luis Suarez's season at Liverpool for goals? Yes. Yeah. Um, 32 goals this season as opposed to 31 for Suarez in 13-14. In Done it in less games as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's been incredible, and I think he's been doing it long enough now that the perception of his ability level is doubt fit his current statistics. Mm. Um, is, is this something that we're going to continue to see that the team will be built through him going forward? Um, I, I would imagine it'll be a, certainly a big factor. Um, it, a, a lot will depend on what Klopp wants to do with that. Like, if you look at our front three, Salah position nailed down, Firmino position nailed down, Mane perhaps we could upgrade on. I, I, I could see us maybe going out if the right player was available and upgrading on Sadio Mane and then making Mane kind of the backup to the front three because he could technically he could play in any of those positions. So you'd have four guys that you can rotate into three positions and feel comfortable with any any um, kind of combination of, of, of the three. So I, I think we could look to maybe, if just for example, if Antoine Griezmann became available, um, and he decided if Barcelona weren't going to buy him because they have no money or whatever the situation may be, <clears throat> if he was available, and I know we do like him, and I also know he's a Liverpool fan, so you know he might be easier to convince. Um, if you were to put Griezmann on the left, Salah on the right, and Firmino in the middle, with Firmino, the way he plays that role, maybe a little bit less of the goal-scoring burden would go on Salah. I still think he's going to be a 20 to 25 goal a season player for us. I'm just not sure. Like he's on pace for 40 this year. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure he'll need to hit 40 consistently, but if the, if the burden could be split and if we could maybe get some more goals from midfield as well, obviously we've got Naby Keita coming in in the summer. Um, in terms of that 10 that we mentioned for me, if I was picking, I would buy Thomas Lamar because I think he does everything Oxlade-Chamberlain does, but he does it at a higher level. Um, he also gives you flexibility in that he can play as a winger, mm -hmm. he can play as a number 10, but his natural and most comfortable position is on the left of a midfield three. And I think if you had Naby and Lamar with somebody sitting and dictating from that mid that, that holding position, um, I just think you'd get an awful lot more, and it would create more problems for defence and not knowing you know, who to pick up, where to pick them up, and with the movement of our front three, plus now you're adding two guys whose natural game is to surge into the box. I think we're only really beginning to see what this Liverpool team is going to become. I think people might just might just be surprised at how lethal this team can be next season. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, there were um, some people that were questioning kind of Klopp's direction, um, even even some stretches of uh, the tenuous uh, um, Klopp outs, which always seemed pretty early considering he like um, Pochettino they're, they're magnificent they're magnificent <laughs> and I, I just think back yeah I, you mentioned Pochettino I think back to his first season yeah and I think back to me and you doing this EPL roundtable podcast and laughing at people suggesting that Pochettino should go yeah because they're you know, both like, they're both long-term development managers yeah Pochettino has built that team year on year on year in the comfort of knowing that he will be given time he has set expectations but they're not expectations of right well we expect you to win the league this year because that's right. unrealistic for Spurs given the budgetary constraints the same with Liverpool we operate in a similar budget to you guys probably slightly bigger but a similar budget to you much smaller than the two Manchester clubs in Chelsea Klopp is in the second year of a six year contract he's not working under the pressure of oh well Jürgen you're going to need to win the league this year it's Jürgen you've got six years Try and win the league in that six years. That's basically his mandate. Try and win the league in the, in your six years. Mm. So he can afford to build slowly. Like He can afford to, to wait six months for Virgil van Dijk. He can afford to wait a year for Naby Keita because they're the players in the profile he has identified for set positions and set requirements in his squad. Right. And, you know, like you look at the players Klopp has brought in you can't point to a single one of them and say that's a failure. Not a single one of them. Every single one of them is either a, a, a success or, you know, um, a kind of a neutral. Like you look at Ragnar Klavan, bought for four million to be a backup centre back, and he is one. <laughs> and he's been a very reliable backup centre back. Joel Matip, good last season, not good this season, probably neutral. But we bought him for free, and if we sold him tomorrow, we'd get 10 million quid for him. Um, Loris Carius, less than a season's worth of games, but over the last two months has looked like a good goalkeeper. And I, I always use the comparison of Hugo Loris. That guy was the best goalkeeper in France. He was the first choice keeper for the national team. He was highly regarded and highly respected. Came to Spurs and looked like he'd won a fucking raffle to get on the pitch. <laughs> So it does, and, and David De Gea like looked lost for his first eighteen months in England. So it does just take goalkeepers that little bit of time. So I I think Carius can go the same. He's still only twenty four. Like he's a kid. 
in goalkeeping terms. So yeah. Klopp has been very successful in terms of the transfers at Liverpool. Now, me among others have said there just haven't been enough of them, but if you're taking the long-term view of, well, this is a six-year project, well, then there's no real reason to go and buy everything at once. You can take your time and bed players in two and three at a time rather than trying to stuff seven and eight players into your 18-man matchday squad. Yeah. Do it two and three at a time over, over a period of years. And, like, we're, we're getting close. Like, if you look at our team, if Carrius continues on this curve, that's our goalkeeper sorted. Do you think we you wouldn't a- address it then? Yeah, I don't think we will. Mm. I don't think we will. I don't see that because, like I say, as with you guys, it's a finite budget. This isn't a thing where we can just go, ah, oh, it's only 50 million, let's go and do that as well. Yeah, let's go get Allison like, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, this isn't like City in the summer where they needed a right back and a left back, so they spent 50 million on each and then went and spent another 25 or 30 on a backup to play both sides. Like, if that was yourselves or ourselves, we'd be looking through our academy and going, right, well, what, what fullbacks can we pull from here? Um, and we certainly wouldn't be spending 100 million on a pair of fullbacks. So if Carius can continue on this curve, absolutely, I think he stays as number one. Um, we've had two young guys have progressed brilliantly this year, right back in, in Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez. Uh, we've got a good situation at left back with Robertson and Moreno. Uh, we obviously have Nathaniel Klein to come back, though I do believe he will leave this summer. Um you know, you look at the centre-back positions, Van Dijk locks one down, and you could say Ragnar Klavan is a fine backup for him. The issue is the right-sided centre-back role, so that's one position to address. Naby comes in in midfield. If Emre Chan stays, then we need one midfielder. If he goes, we need two, but that's maximum three starters needed, because our front three is done, unless a Griezmann or somebody really special becomes available and we can get him. So aside from three starters, we're really or potentially only two starters. We're really only looking at depth. Now I know depth is often the hardest thing to buy, and you guys have found that out yourselves. You know, with the likes of Vincent Janssen and, and Kudu and guys like that, um, it is hard to buy depth because any player who's really good enough to play for you isn't going to come if, if they're not going to be first choice. But right. if we can be smart and we can identify young players who at like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one would be willing to come to Liverpool and develop and maybe win something and then move on with the career or replace the guy who's currently first choice if they're in their mid to late 20s. We're getting close and, and it's been done very smartly over the three summers the Klopp has now had. And, and obviously we've got Naby coming in already this summer and the players we've been linked to are they're very promising links. You know, it's it's more players that will advance us to another level. Yeah. Um, is this with the with the development that you're talking about here, and with the play style changes, and the fact that you're in second now, is this what Liverpool fans expected when Klopp was brought in? Um, I certainly thought we. I think I think we definitely all expected that he would make us a regular in the top four. Um, I think we would have hoped for a bit more in the domestic cups, although he got to a final in his first year. Um, certainly the, the, the form and progression of the Champions League, very impressive. I think we all expected 4-2-3-1 as the base formation, though, um, just because that's what he'd used to great success at yeah. um, at Dortmund. But the game is sort of moving away from that a little bit. I mean, that formation was very successful circa 2003 to 2000. 
12 maybe but then with with Barcelona and now Real Madrid playing 4-3-3 a lot of coaches are just going that way or they're going to three at the back and 4-2-3-1 doesn't really work all that well against those formations so I think Klopp has just adapted yeah, and he has obviously done it uh, to great success, at least this season. Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, that you assume that you'll finish uh, top four, as will we. Um, is that, uh, not to be everybody against Potts right now as well, uh, is that enough for the continuing development of his uh, tenure at Liverpool? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, there's no there's no problem. We Look, Kev, since Rafa Benitez left Liverpool, um, we have been in the Champions League once before Klopp. That was 2013-2014. We qualified for 2014-15 Champions League. And we embarrassed ourselves in that Champions League. We were in a yeah. really weak group. Basel, Ludogorets, and Real Madrid. Now, Real Madrid were a good team. I think they went and won it that year. But regardless, two teams go through. We should have easily gone through in second. Rodgers played our reserves in, in Madrid uh, and basically through the game against Basel by playing crap. Uh, we had embarrassed ourselves in the Europa League a couple of times under Rodgers as well. And not to not to blow Liverpool up to be something or not, but we are one of the great European clubs. Five Champions Leagues, three UEFA Cups. We are in a very small group of the European elite. And for Liverpool fans, one of the things that's been great about supporting Liverpool throughout the last 40 years has been big nights under the lights at Anfield in European competition. And Klopp has brought that back. Obviously got to the Europa League final in his first season. Champions League quarterfinals this year. Well, we're, I mean, we're not there yet, but we, we're going to be there. There's no way Porto are overturning the, the five-goal lead. Um, and depending on who we get in the next round, like there's not many teams that will want to play us. There's a couple of teams I don't wouldn't want us to play. Like I wouldn't particularly like to play um, City just yet, but I I do think we could overcome City. Um, I wouldn't particularly want to play Real or PSG, but again, if we got them on the right night, maybe we could do them. Um. Yeah. Barca would obviously be, be tough because they're just really, really good at, at the football. Um, Real, if look, if you catch Real, aren't particularly good this season. If you catch them on the right night, they can be beaten. And we did it twice. Uh, and you did it twice, exactly. And certainly, if they come to Anfield with their defence looking the way it looks, they are not going to have a nice night. Um, now, obviously, the, they have wonderful players in midfield and you know wonderful players in attack. Right. But, if it's the wrong day, you're going to lose by like three. But, exactly, yeah. exactly. But we're not having many wrong days at the moment. So in the form we're in, um, we're certainly going to be a threat to any of them. And we'll be a threat to City, but like, I'm not, I don't think we'll win it this year. But I could see us getting to the semi-finals, And that's great. And if we can get to the semi-finals and get top four again, because that's what we haven't been able to do, is marry the two, European football and a successful run in Europe and a successful Premier League season of top four. You guys haven't done it either. This will be a first for you guys as well, a successful European season and top four. Now, I don't know whether you guys will see, if, if you guys did go out to Juventus, I don't know if you'd see it as a, a successful season, but you're in a great position to beat them. 
It so, wouldn't. I don't think it would have been seen as a failure if we hadn't drawn two two at Juventus. Yeah. Like if they, if we lost that two nil after their early start and we had come back and scored one and lost, I think that would have been respectable. But I think the fact that it's level coming back now would make it a little disappointing for sure. Yeah, but like I like I said, you're in a great position to beat them. But you're doing it as well. You're showing you can compete now in Europe and in the Premier League in terms of getting top four. Look, City City are blowing everybody out of the water this year. So it's just one of those things where if they're having a normal, you know, good season, the Premier League title is still up for grabs between four clubs, City, ourselves, mm. yourselves, and United. It's just that they're incredible this year, that it's not up for grabs anymore. But So I think it's it's new ground for us and yourselves. Now, we're, we're a year behind you in terms of that progression because Poch has obviously been at... at, at Spurs longer, but it's just it's great to see these two teams being built the right way, not being bought, not spending eighty nine million on a midfielder and seventy five million on a striker and throwing them in and hoping it will work for the better. Things been done with considered thought. I think Liverpool fans are smart enough to realise that back to back years in the top four, showing ourselves to be you know kind of a, a bit of a force in Europe again. From where we were when Klopp took over, that like especially when you consider like the Hodgson reign, um, how Kenny's reign ended, how Rogers' reign ended, I think I think ninety nine point nine percent of Liverpool fans will be more than happy with this season. As well, they should be. All right, thanks so much for coming on today, Dave. Uh, anything you'd like to plug on the way up? Um, just Anfield Index Pro. It's a five month. There's currently a seven day free trial. So even if you're not a Liverpool fan, give it a listen. Check it out. It's uh, just great content. We've got former professionals. Jan Molby is on every single week. Um, there's always an interview with a big player each month, with a former player each month. We have Under Pressure, which is kind of cutting-edge statistics. Uh, I have a new show called AI Scouted. Uh, there's the Tactics Pod with Paul Dogleash. There's... Um, Media Matters with Sachin Nakrani from The Guardian speaking to journalists on a weekly basis. Nina Kauser does a Euro Incision podcast where each week she talks to a football writer who covers a different league and gets that kind of view. And then we do post-match stuff as well, and, and sometimes pre-match depending on um, on who we're playing and, and whether it's it's worth doing. But it's it's really good content. It's only a five a month. Yeah, be sure to check in on there. Also, uh, I go on Dave's show every now and again, usually at, around the uh, end of transfer windows. And uh, yes, yeah, we, and we, we will be we will be meeting up again at the end of the season to discuss how wrong we were about <laughs> West Brom. <laughs> like I told you off air, we we had Dan on, and we were like, "Were, were Dave and I just wrong? Did you have bad windows?" He was like, "Nope, our managers were just awful." Um, but anyway, if you want to follow that content, there is non-Liverpool content over there, so it's definitely worth a check, even if you aren't a Liverpool. Uh, supporter. Maybe hard if you're United, but if you're anybody else, um, feel free to yeah, uh, subscribe if you're over an there. Fan, it's probably not the place for you. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, Dave, thanks again so much for coming in. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. I uh, hope you guys at home enjoyed it, and we hope you keep listening. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.